This message was presented at the GYC 2014 conference at the Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and start with the overview of what we learned in the last two sessions. How many of you guys have come to one of the sessions before now? So most of you have, should know this information. So we're going to go over it and see what you guys can remember. What's something we covered in Thursday's talk? So that was on health and agriculture and medical evangelism. Do you guys remember anything from that talk? Yeah, so she said vitamin G. So just living around green spaces with lots of plants actually impacts our health and decreases our death rate. You. I think you mentioned that last time too. You got a good memory. One out of six people in this country have food insecurities, which means that one out of six people go hungry sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, the mycobacterium that's in dirt, and when we just put our hands in the soil and are working with it, um, all that mycobacterium increases our serotonin, which is like Prozac. It makes us happy. So if you struggle with depression or you know someone who gets depressed or someone who just wants to be happier, tell them to go and garden and you will be able to be happier. Anyone else? Well, those are a lot of what we covered. Something else that, um, that we went over was the higher nutritional value in the produce. When you harvest it fresh, um, it, has, it loses 30% of its nutrition with just, within just how many days? Do you guys remember? Three days, yeah. Do you remember that? Good job. You, just three days, and it can lose 30% of its nutritional value. So when you can go out and harvest stuff fresh, you get a lot more nutrients than if you were not to do that. Did you get it working? Not yet. Okay. How about um, Friday's seminar? So that was on the 1% career, and we went over an overview of um, how to do simple gardening. But I'm talking specifically about the um, farming as a career. Do you guys remember any points that came out in that part of it? The four Ps. Yeah, petite, right? Protection, um, prolong, and planning. <laughs> I'm going to forget one of them. Yeah, so those are some great things that we need to keep in mind when we're setting up our own gardens at home. And um, what about the career part of it? Do you guys remember? The percentage between doctors and farmers. The percentage between doctors and farmers. There's 1% of farmers in the country, and there's half a percent of doctors in the country. So we have almost as many, not quite, we have like half as many doctors as we have farmers. And healthcare workers, we have 10% healthcare workers in this country. So we have way more healthcare workers than we have farmers that are actually creating the food for um, keeping people healthy. What's that um, proverb, let your food be your medicine? Something like that? Yeah. And we also discussed how part of our problem with doing health evangelism is that it takes, do you guys remember how many bags of ramen to feed one, like someone my age? Five bags of ramen. So, I could eat five bags of ramen, and that would cost me just $1, right? Or um, if I was trying to eat healthy, and I went out to my um, grocery store, 
for about a dollar, I would only get probably, probably about three leaves, maybe four if they were this size. So I'd get about this much kale for my whole day for one dollar, or I could eat five bags of ramen, right? So most people are going to eat the ramen because that's all the money they have, so that's why they eat unhealthy. We can't change the way people eat unless we can give them a better source of food. And teach them, exactly. We have to have the teaching there too, but that's why medical evangelism and agriculture are two sides of the same coin. We need them both to help people um, eat better and be healthier. All right, I guess we are still waiting for this uh, PowerPoint to get started. So I'm gonna start on the seminar without it, and then as soon as it gets coming, it'll just catch up to us. So today we're talking about um, evangelism and agriculture. And I think those don't often sound like they would go together because agriculture and evangelism seem like, I mean, I, I don't know too many people that are farmers that are evangelists, I guess. It, do, it doesn't usually work that way in our society. But I believe that it's really a great way of taking evangelism to our world through agriculture and through farming. And I think there's so many, um, there's so many different ways that we can uh, take evangelism to the world. We need to have our culprits, we need to have our medical missionaries, we need to have our Bible workers, we need to have our Doug bachelors. We need to have all these different people to get the message to the world, right? Because that's, that's what we were sent here to do. That's our, that's our commission the Great Commission, go ye into all the world. So if that's our commission, we have to find new ways and better ways of, okay, okay, of getting to the world. Um, because something that I've seen that has happened is that typical lines of evangelism sometimes reach only um, certain groups of people. Sometimes with our um, evangelism, like medical evangelism, for instance, health seminars, my personal experience has been with this. I just got finished at health program in Weimar. And my experience with the health program was that the people that came to the seminars were people that were struggling with their health already because they felt that need, right? They wanted to, to know how to fix their health, so they came to our health seminars. But that doesn't help us connect with people that are already healthy, right? We need to be connecting with everyone in the world. And some another group of people that I think is often neglected is the um, higher socioeconomic group of people, the people that are, um, I don't know, I don't know why this is for sure, but like the poorer classes sometimes are even brought into evangelistic series easier. They tend to have more needs. They feel more needs, even though rich people have needs too. They don't necessarily feel their need. So we have to come up with ways of reaching every class. And I think agriculture is a really great way of reaching a higher socioeconomic group of people. And today, that's what we're going to talk about and how I see that those two can connect together. And um, hmm, let's see. I think I'm going to start with this here. OK. Well, let me just get this out of the bag so I can get what's underneath it. How many of you guys like potatoes? Everyone likes potatoes. Did you know that potatoes 
are really full of antioxidants. We usually think of blueberries or berries, but potatoes are very full of antioxidants, which are great for cancer fighting capabilities. And potatoes are also, actually, let me ask you this. What are bananas really high in? Potassium, you're exactly right. Potatoes are actually twice as high as bananas in potassium. And potassium is really great for, do you guys know? There's a lot of different things, but it lowers your blood pressure is one thing. So if people are struggling with blow, uh, high blood pressure, that's a great way of lowering it. Um, it can also get you 32% of your daily need of manganese, which is good for your bones. And it's almost half of your daily need of vitamin B6, which gives you energy, helps your metabolism. Um, and over half of your daily need of vitamin C. Can you believe a potato has vitamin C? Okay, so potatoes are really good, right? They have lots of, how many? That's one serving. All of those that I was giving you was one serving of potatoes. So, yeah, I would say this is probably a two-serving potato. Okay, so potatoes are really good, right? Do I have a volunteer to come up here? Okay, yeah, you can come on up. Do, <laughs> the question was, do all those benefits come from McDonald's potatoes? Actually, those benefits are so, um, how do you say this? How you cook your potato is what kind of benefits you can get, and I know you know that, but like just even dicing up a potato and cooking it in water lowers those benefits versus um, cooking it whole and then fixing it however you want. All right, come on up here. So did you think that sounded like a good potato to eat? Yes. All right, so I'm going to cut you some potato here. Okay, so I'm going to give you some potato here, and you can go ahead and eat it. Oh, wow. I'm pretty brave. How does it taste? It tastes powdery. Do you want to eat the rest of the potato? Yes. You want to eat it all? Yes. All right. So I'm going to have you come and sit right over here, and you can go ahead and eat this potato, all right? You can sit in this middle chair here. Okay, how many other takers do I have that would like to come up and eat potato? All right, come on up guys. You can come grab a slice of potato to eat because it's so uh, powerfully healthy for us. Yeah, sure, go for it. Okay, so we have all the takers that would eat our potatoes, right? Pretty much kids, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can have the last piece there. And there's some more, guys, if I have more takers for potato. Now, we have our potato, right? And then I'm going to um, get another potato here started. All right, where's my knife at? Can I have my knife back? Thank you. So this is a potato that I hauled a toaster oven up here for long ways just to get a one baked potato. But we're going to make this into a really good potato. Okay. I'll put it on here actually. 
and we're going to put some nice kale with it too to make it nice and pretty. And I'm going to put some good vegan cream cheese on it. Oh, if it can come off my spoon. And we'll get some good uh, vegan margarine. Oh, man. It's not wanting to come off too well. Okay. All right. And then we'll put some um, nice diced tomatoes on here, some nice cherry tomatoes, and um, get some good uh, garlic salt. Now I'm talking, right? Okay, guys, you can't forget the herbs. So we're going to come here, we're going to pick our fresh basil to add to this. Okay, we'll just give this a little chop. All right, and then um, there was something else I was going to, oh yeah, have you guys ever had Thai basil flowers? Oh, so good, so, so good. So we'll sprinkle this. Thai basil flowers, this is like a, um, it's just a basil type of basil plant, and you uh, grow it up and it, so good on pasta. Oh man, it's to die for. All right, now how many takers would I have to come eat this baked potato? <laughs> Pretty much all of you, right? Would you rather eat this one than the one you were just eating? Or would you rather have, you'd rather eat any of them? Someone can have the other half. Someone can have the other half? Yeah. You, you want half though, right? Yeah, okay, you can go back to your seat. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for your help. So how come it is that now everyone wants to eat this potato, right? And I had some people that would eat the other kind of potato, but very few compared to everyone that'll eat a potato that's fixed really well, that tastes really good, right? And that's because it's desirable, right? It's something, it's the same potato, it has the same nutritional qualities that the other potato had, but I've, cre I've made it into a way that's now desirable and you guys want to eat it. It looks good. And there's a quote, there's a quote that says, logic will never change emotion or perception. Logic will never change emotion or perception. So no matter how hard we try to convince someone of truth, unless they see it and they perceive it as being something that they want, and unless they see the emotion, that, that they can connect with it and feel it or, or whatever, they are not going to want it and they're not going to connect with it. Yay, my PowerPoint came back. Okay, I'm just going to fast forward a little bit to where I'm at. So I'm going to... Okay, that's fine. All right, what, do you guys know what the word evangelism means? It says it here. It comes from the root word evangel, which is meaning to bring good news. And what is good news? It's someone or something that is positive, encouraging, uplifting, desirable, or the like. So we can't go and give good news to people unless it's desirable because that's what the good news is. Does that make sense? 
So just like our potato illustration, if people don't desire what we have to give them, then we're not giving them the good news. And what are we supposed to be giving people? Good news, right? Well, it's good news of the gospel that we're, that we're going to give people. And this was my potato. And here's the logic will never change our emotion or perception. So what makes people perceive things as being good news? What makes people desire things? Uh, I think there's a few things, and there's probably a lot more than this, but these are the things that I came up with. It has to fulfill their sensed need. They feel they need it, then they're going to want it, right? Um, something that they can see has value. If it makes them feel better, whoa. And... <laughs> it just went away again. Just, um, I think if you... Where? Play? Oh, yeah, it's all the way back now. Last time it was only partly back. Okay. So it fulfills their sense needs, something that they can see has value, makes them feel better, and something that they see has helped other people. And what's cool about local healthy farming is that it is perceived as being good news. People are wanting a connection with their food. They are tired of being so disconnected from their food that that creates, that, that fills their sense need of what they want. And it's, like I just said, it's especially good for people who are of a higher socioeconomic um, income status. A problem that we have in this country is that we have a broken trust and people are wanting that connection back. They're used to going to a grocery store and you don't know where your food came from or you find out that it came from China or you find out that it's GMO or whatever the case might be. And I don't know how many of you guys care about that kind of stuff because not everyone does, but there's a huge portion of our population that do. And most of them, most of the people, I don't know the exact statistic, but most of the people in a higher socioeconomic income bracket are especially wanting that connection. And what's interesting is that I'm not the only one who's saying this. This is such a felt need that there's actually a conference coming up in Brussels about understanding the historical evolution of trust in food. Um, it's called trusting the hand that feeds you. And I believe that's because we as people from day one, we have had something instilled in us to trust the person who feeds us. You think about it, like your mom, you trust her because she fed you from day one, or your dad, or whoever it was that, that feeds you, you have that connection back to them. So local farming is good for a, as evangelism tool because it fulfills that sense need of connection. They see it has value. It makes them feel better because it's healthy, and it's something that they see that has helped others. And I think that people who buy from local farms are truly searchers. And the reason I think that is that why else would you go out and pay as much as you would pay in a grocery store and go through all the inconvenience that it takes to get stuff from a local farm? It's not as easy as just adding it to your grocery store list when you go to the market. You have to drive out of your way. You have to sometimes pay more than a grocery store. And the reason that they want to do that is that they feel that that connection is something real. They, they're connecting back with people, and we're living in such a disconnected society that that connection is something that they're craving. And it's something that they know is uncontaminated, and it's meaningful. Meaningful. 
And um, like I was saying earlier, from our earliest moments after birth, we learn to trust and bond with the person who feeds us. So as local Adventist farmers, what's cool about that is that you can take, well, it sounds bad to take advantage of it, but you can take advantage of the fact that people are trusting you and you can reach them in a way that's unique and different than other evangelism methods. Something that we've done, um, and we are by far uh, not the smartest people around on the block, and we definitely have a lot to learn in our own farm and with, um, in life in general. But something that we've looked at and started to try and, and work with is something that we call farm boxes. And farm boxes are like an online farmer's market. You go online, you pick out what you would like from a whole selection of stuff that we grow. They, we pack it and put it in a box and then ship it to pick up locations around where people live. So we work here in Arizona. We have our farm down by southeastern Arizona, right? I always get confused on directions. Anyway, southeastern Arizona is where we have our farm. And, um, and we fill these farm boxes and send them all around the state. We have around 3,000 people that are members in our farm box program, which means that we send out between seven to 800 boxes every week. So that's seven to 800 families that we have a connection into their home. And what did we find? That they actually trust us because we're providing them with good food. And they sense that because we are providing them with good food, we have some sort of knowledge, whether or not we do, they, they sense that we do because we're providing them with that good food. And so they tend to trust when it comes to health and other topics, they tend to trust what we have to say, which could be a bad thing, I guess, but for us, it works. <laughs> so this is a, a farm box you can see over here on the corner. That's what they look like, and that's one of our employees who was packing some farm boxes, and then, of course, you have all your fresh, um, fresh veggies. And something that's cool about farm boxes that we found early on that we started doing was we started making recipe cards. So we'd put vegan, vegetarian, recipes on one side. And then on the other side, we would do a, what we called like a recipe for life. And we would use Ellen White quotes or um, just good health quotes, whatever it might be, that we would put that would be inspiring for people on the back of the card. And then we would send one in every single box. And we wouldn't make it overtly religious, but we would just make it about good values, family life, health, whatever it might be. And what we discovered was that people were coming back to us and saying, I, I, can't, I missed that card from that recipe box, and I really like those quotes you have on the back. I write them in my journal. Could you please send me that card or, or whatever? And these are, these are words from God that people don't even know that they're getting, and I just think that's so super cool. So we were doing the Farm Box program for a little while, and we were enjoying it, and it was really cool because we got to connect with our customers, and you're talking to them on the phone, and you're emailing back and forth with them, and, you have this connection, right? And then one day, my mom and I were talking, and um, somehow we just were like discussing how it'd be cool to, to meet and, and actually work with the people that we sold our boxes to. So we were like, let's have a farm day. And on our farm day, we're going to charge people to come to the farm, and they'll get to um, help us out, do some work for us, and then <laughs> be able to eat a good meal, and they'll tour the farm and they'll like have this great time, right? Hopefully, if that's something they'd like to do. Because it's, yeah, and we do like a little cooking demonstration and you know, just have like a little info and hopefully get some more health and connect more with the people that are getting our boxes. 
So we decided, we live literally um, out in the middle of nowhere. You can ask anyone who comes as interns for our farm, it's like culture shock, because it's, it's so out in the middle of nowhere. I don't even know how to describe it more than that. You're living at the end of a really long dirt road, and it's, it's really far out there. And the closest Walmart is like an hour from us, okay? That just shows you how far out we are. So we're out in this middle of nowhere place, and, and we're like, most of our customers live an hour and a half to four hours away from us, okay? That's a long way. So we were like, you know, if we advertise it, we'll get like 20, 30 people to come out to the farm, and that'll be so cool. We'll get to meet these 20 or 30 people. And my dad was like, if you get 30 people, I will eat my shirt, literally, because that would never happen. And so we had this little bet going that we would get 30 people, and my dad didn't think we would get 30 people. Do you guys have any idea how many people came? 130 people drove an hour and a half to four hours to come out to a farm, and people they didn't even know other than that we grew their food for them. And they would pay to come out to tour a farm and to experience a simple life that a farm has to offer. <laughs> My dad never, somehow forgot about that shirt. He just never, <laughs> I remember it very clearly. <laughs> so you can see, these are some pictures from, um, from our farm day. And I'm not saying this, I wanna be really clear, this is nothing of us. And I'm sure other people could do even greater and more amazing things. But I just think this is a testimony to what agriculture can do if used in association with evangelism. Because these people came out to the farm, and I'm telling you, middle of nowhere, these, these people are rolling out on their Lexuses and their like, they're nice cars, right? And, th and they come out to the farm, and on the way out, I think we had that first day, three or four people get flat tires before they got to the farm. So we had a crew of our employees that were just in the, in their, in the um, parking lot changing people's tires because that's how, how, how bad these roads are. And, and what's crazy is they didn't even care. The next year we have farm day again. This time we cut registration off at 210 people or something like that because we couldn't physically handle that many people. And the same people were coming back and obviously new people as well. But that's just because they wanted to experience that simple life. And um, these are some pictures of the tours, here they are doing some work for us that wasn't really that much help probably, but anyways, it was sweet. They got to experience it. They were digging sweet potatoes here. The, the kids absolutely loved it to be able to do that. What was that? How much do we charge? I think it was um, 25 for two people. So it's not super expensive. We just were trying to cover like, because it's a big task for us. And it weeded out getting too many people. Because otherwise you're going to get like way too many people that you can't handle. Did you have a question? What do they get for the $25? Well, they get a vegan meal. And they get, um, they get obviously the... the cooking school and the, and the experience of being out there. And what was crazy about it is after our first farm day, and I wish I had um, taken the time to, I don't have time, but anyways, the, the responses we got from people after farm day of, that weren't necessarily like, it wasn't like they were, um, they didn't know how to put their finger on it of what they had experienced, but they would write in and they would say, I don't know how to say this, but just the atmosphere that's at your farm and just the way that it's different. And, and all of a sudden, it doesn't matter what kind of car I drive. It doesn't matter how, and I'm, these aren't my words. This is what people were saying. They were like, it doesn't matter how much money I have. 
It's just a simple life there. And it's something that's, that's happy and, and fulfilling that can't, I can't get from, from what I normally do. And, and we had people um, that would go up, because we had Avenus interns, and so our Avenus interns would be talking to the different people, and they would, be, they would find out we were Avenus, and they would say, oh yeah, I know about Loma Linda, and, and they started asking us about what we believed. And it was just a unique and, and creative way of being able to network with people and um, uh, connect with their needs. So this is uh, the food line, some of the food that we had in more tours. And then we had um, cooking demonstrations and health lectures. This last year's uh, farm day, we did something different. We, I was at Weimar, so I didn't have time to help my parents, and they didn't want to do it all alone. So they had, I could only go home over Thanksgiving break, so we did it on the Thanksgiving weekend. And then we just were trying to get a very, very small group of people because I didn't have time to do cooking and all of that. So we just did, um, I think we had around 100 people, 95 people that we had for this year. And this year we had, uh, did a health lecture, and then we did um, cooking demonstrations and a tour and, and the vegan meal as well. So that was our um, farm day experiences um, that we've experienced so far. And our goal is that what we're going to try to do is this next year, this is a new stuff that we're wanting to do, is start connecting with, um, with even more programs. So trying to do more family-oriented programs and starting to do more health programs to start connecting these things to then take it to the next level, which would be obviously the spiritual level. But I think some of the hardest things that we have, especially at health programs, is getting people to show up. And when it comes to a farm, because they trust you that grew the food and they find it that's something that's desirable, like that baked potato that we saw that's baked instead of just a raw potato, they want it. And so they, so they trust it and they desire it and it gives you like a little hook to then um, lead them to more information and to more knowledge. And the subliminal messages that they are able to receive then um, when you are connected with God and you're connected with, with the nature, et cetera, that then they can start getting, uh, hopefully, a closer relationship with God. And there's a lot of, I do not have time because I think, what time am I supposed to be done? I forget. 3.55? Okay, so I'm just going to have to run through these. You can do farmer's markets. You have um, the local stores. Those are all um, ways of connecting with people uh, that you can get when you are a farmer. And just really briefly, something that I've seen that's really cool is your employees as well. Our employees that work on our farm, they end up um, in farming. Typically, people stay at a farm for a very short period of time and move on to the next farm because it's low pay. You're getting paid minimum wage, and you just bounce around whenever you want to get a change and find a new job. But we get employees that make careers out of being on our farm and are making huge amounts of wages, but they are um, loving the work, and they love the environment, and they find cha positive changes that come into their own lives. I don't know how many people we've found that have stopped smoking, lose 20, 30 pounds after working on the farm, change their diet, just because they're in a healthy environment and they see us talking about health so much to the public that then they want to see that change. And, and it's just cool, because it's such a fun connection to be able to have with people that you work with every day. And I'm gonna have um, Julian and Timothy they were some interns that uh, interned at our farm for, well, different periods of time for both of them. But now they both have moved on to work at different farms. Timothy is working with Fresno Academy, right? 
and Julian's at Great Lakes Adventist Academy. So I'm going to have them share just a couple of brief experiences that they've seen with um, the evangelism potential of agriculture. I have a question for all of you. How many of you would say, excuse me, let me get this hooked on. Um, can you help me, Julian? That's what I have sisters for. Or brothers. Or brothers. <laughs> and let me tell you, the connection you have with people you work with on a farm is incredible. And that's why this guy here is my brother now. And I say that with sincerity. So, how many of you would say that the Bible has things in its pages that are very relevant for our day-to-day -day work. Would any of you agree with that? I would hope that every GYC attendee would have that conviction. So what I would like to do is share with you just a simple thing that really inspires me as a farmer. Now, I didn't always consider myself a farmer. When I first went to Sunny Zona, I just said, I am interning at an organic farm. I was embarrassed to identify with a farmer mindset because in my little community back home in the Midwest, farmers were people who were often viewed as Less, um, less learned and less professional, and they were kind of just doing the farming thing by default or because they had just grown up with that. And something that really inspires me to continue farming and to be passionate about it is object lessons. When you remember and read the stories of Christ and how he would teach people, a lot of what he shared was an object lesson from nature specifically, and many times farming. If any of you have read Christ Object Lessons, the book, you'll remember how those stories just get expounded and become very real and applicable to the simple things we do every day. Now, something that is essential to any farm, pretty much any farm, um, is a seed. Isn't that right? And as vegetarians, for, for the most part, we eat primarily plant-based food, I would hope. And so seeds are absolutely essential. I'd like to share a verse and a short quote with you guys from Christ Object Lessons. The word of God is the seed. Every seed has in itself a germinating principle. In it, the life of the plant is enfolded. That is what agriculture has been to me. It has been a seed that has brought me into an environment that I can see more and more truths more and more clearly. I would like to share a quick example with you guys. At the farm day that we had, the first farm day we had, I was out front putting some last minute things together. And as people were parking their cars and getting out, rushing to get inside so they could go to the bathroom because they had been driving for so many hours to get there, I met this lady. And when she got out of her car, she was just like, I'm so pumped to be here at the farm. You guys are so awesome. And I was like, okay, well, great to meet you. My name is Timothy. And she's like, okay, my name is Sylvia. So nice to meet you. And the whole entire day, she was ecstatic, okay? She was just pumped. That was, that was her word, okay? She was pumped to be there. And that just inspired me to share the farming experience with people because that connection that I had, because I had grown some kale for her, you know, just really made her day. And I would just encourage people to consider farming as an opportunity to share with other people. That's right. Help me out. Now you got to help me out. 
we don't use this technology much. Yeah, we don't have have a use for mics too many times out in the in the fields and the farms, except for on farm days. <laughs> oh man, uh, it's just been a blessing. I, first of all, I want to just thank God for um, Christian mentorship and uh, people that are willing to take their time to educate. Um, evangelism is education, and that's what really has. Um, been my experience working at the farm and, and learning, edu- edu- learning agriculture has been a, a very educating experience. In Isaiah chapter 1, there's a promise uh, connected to, to the good of the land and to um, learning and education. I just want to read that really quick. It's, I had my marker in it and now it's not there. But Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17, it says here, It says, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You know, there's... um, a friend of mine, before I got involved in ag- agriculture, told me that you are unteachable. And young people don't like to be told that we're unteachable. We, we like to believe generally that we're, we're really open to being taught. And I, I, could never re- I could never wrap my mind around the fact that, man, this guy's telling me that I'm unteachable. But the more and more I got involved with agriculture and working in the soil, God had so much more to teach me that I needed to learn about my own character, about the things that I didn't know about myself and how un- unstable I was. And this, is, this has actually been my experience now that I have the opportunity to work at um, Good News Farm at Great Lakes Avenue Academy. There's a young man I just want to talk about briefly who uh, came from New York. He's a new student uh, at GLAW, and he's a big guy. He's, he's actually he's, he's he's going to be 18 um, this year, but he's a sophomore. And uh, because of his lifestyle, he's dropped out of school. He's had a really rough background. When he first showed up during the summer program, I don't know, Timothy, if you remember, or Amy, you might yet, he, he just had, his eyes were just bloodshot red. And it looked like he was just coming down off of a high. And uh, he showed up and he was like, yeah, I'm just whatever. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just show me what, what I should do. And over time, just throughout the summer program, we held a summer program for the kids that they were able to work at the farm and to make money to, to put towards their bill and to, to help um, for, their, for their school bill. And had he not gone through that program, I really believe he wouldn't be at GLAW right now. And I just saw a transformation. We were to have devotions with him every day after work and just spend time with him reading the Word of God. And now a lot of students have the opportunity to share um, object lessons. We actually do video testimonies and object lessons with the students, um, Marcus being one of them. And just keep him in prayer. Keep a lot of the other students in prayer. Um, there at GLA as we're, we're continuing learning and, and being changed, allowing God to teach us. Um, and that really is, in the essence, agriculture's evangelism is, is, is an education. And there's literally so many inspiring stories um, that there are to tell. But we are out of time, so I am going to close... Um, really quickly with a word of prayer and one last quote. Um, 
All of us know this, the three angels' message. Then I saw another angel flying in the midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, fear God and give him glory. We all know that, right? Check out what this has to say. God would be glorified. What did we learn? Fear God and give him glory. That's the three angels' message. God would be glorified. That's doing what that three angels' message is about. If men from other countries who have acquired an intelligent knowledge of agriculture would come to this land and by precept and example teach the people how to cultivate the soil that it may yield rich treasures. Men are wanted to educate others how to plow and how to use the implements of agriculture. Who will be missionaries? This is a mission work to do this. Uh, to teach proper methods to the youth and to all who feel willing and humble enough to learn. All right, let's have prayer. Hopefully that's enough inspiration to get you guys at least out in the garden and um, possibly out to do um, farming as well. If uh, We do have some business cards, and if you guys want more information or want resources, put down your um, name on a piece of paper, and we can send that to you. We have an intern program at Sunny Zona, and there's intern programs at a lot of different places, the Dysinger Farm. Lots of places around the area. Yeah, and there is an um, uh, Ad Agra. I don't know where, this coming year it's going to be in Florida. That's an agriculture conference, like GYC, but for agriculture, Adventist people. Um, and it's adventistag.org or .com. Google it. All right, let's have prayer and we will be dismissed. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you've given us the opportunity to work with you to bring other people to your kingdom. And whatever field, whatever area we are in, I pray that we will do our part to bring everyone that we can to your kingdom so that you can come back soon. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2014 conference at The Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.